one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. An amnesis, noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. My name is Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. We've taken a bit of a hiatus here at Imprinted Echoes, so let me give you a quick overview of where we are in our story. After leaving Sturthal in a violent rush, the group from Lagam, along with recently added companion Oban, has been making their way west. They've stopped a handful of times to help folks along the way or uncover helpful information, but their ultimate goal is to make it to Githeran, where they believe the warlord Dremlin might be. Currently, they're headed to Dynafell, both to stock up on supplies and hopefully to throw off anyone who might be trailing them. Unfortunately, they've reached yet another hurdle. Brex went running for a fight with a pack of Iron Marger. Now that that encounter has come to an end, they need to regroup and refocus on the plan. Emotions are released, items are retrieved, and travel activities are shared. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallrin, and Jory get back on track. You all stand in a field with the bodies of six Marger at your feet and littered around you. For a moment, you all take a breath, trying to just recenter yourselves after such an intense fight. But after a second or two, you realize that Brex has not calmed down and is actually going around and smashing in the heads of every single one, mm-hmm. even after they have been down. Getting the feeling this might be a little personal. Brex? Any attempt to simply talk to them is ineffective. I'd like to use a player intrusion. I have something that is called familiar insight. Uh, You know this person or heard about them somewhere well enough to give insight about their motives or intentions and how best to convince them to see things your way. Go ahead and spend for that. The last time you all dealt with Marger, just the regular kind, not the iron kind, Brex had a similar, though not quite as intense reaction. But since then, there's been a lot of other things that have started to reconnect Brex with their past life. Mm-hmm. Between the stuff that happened beneath Legam to finding their old travel companions belonging in Sturthall, there is some sort of very deep trauma associated with Marger and all of these events have led to it kind of just being a much more present wound. They're more connected to who they were before. Mm -hmm. In terms of getting them to stop, you have 
one of two options. Either let them go and see if they just kind of get all their energy out and kind of bash these bodies to bits, or see if there's a way to try and incapacitate them in some way, to try and calm them down, because clearly speaking and talking isn't going to work. You would have to try to distract them in mm -hmm. some way with something or hold them back in some manner. If that's the kind of thing you're looking to do, I would give whoever acts on that an asset, given that you used this. Smarin takes a minute thinking about what's happened in the past, and she just turns to the others and says, unless we're willing to do some pretty serious harm, I think maybe it's best we see if they'll wear themselves out. They're clearly working through some something, and uh, using their words aren't exactly their bailiwicks, so. Oban kind of chimes in. They don't talk at all? No. It's all just kind of reading the visor and context clues. We've gotten pretty good at it. I mean, we've known them for like a year or so now, so, you know, I mean, you, you pick up on it, but yeah, no. And they never take the visor off? I'm going to be real honest, Oban. I don't know if anything's under that visor. So it's just a... I don't know. You're friends with an animated suit of armor. Stranger things have happened. I, I'm, look, I'm not <laughs> judging. I'm just making sure I understand the situation. That's what we're going with right now, yeah. Okay. I gotta get this thing off, and Nehemiah starts taking <laughs> off the dead armor. The beast skin armor that he has is equivalent, so. Okay. While this is happening, I'm gonna take the opportunity to do a 10-minute recovery roll. Same. Yeah, if wants to recover anything, take that moment there. That's totally fine. My next is 10, so I cannot. Oh, it says, are, are they not just a huge liability for you? No. Really? No. Rex has been great. This happens very rarely. Gotcha. Let's be honest here. Who among us doesn't have something that might set us off in a certain kind of way? I guess so. And the times that this does happen, they are vastly outweighed by the number of times we would have died had Brex not been there. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll give it to you. I'll keep watching them. And as it seems like they've gone around enough times, if they're still not losing any steam, I'm going to slowly head in their direction. Okay. I don't want to surprise them. And I'll ignore the fact that they're performing violence. And I'll just keep walking up until I'm right to them. And I will just wrap my arms around the middle. Be damned the action that they're taking. Rex goes up for another swing with the mall, and you step into the swing and wrap your arms around them. And they let go of the hammer with one hand and kind of grab you by the back of your shirt and like yank you off to like throw you away from them. Mm -hmm. I don't react, I won't react. And as you are put at arm's length from them, they stop and Brex freezes for a moment and they kind of look around and see that everything has been smashed to pieces. And the visor very slowly, like just from the outer edges in towards the center, starts fading back to a more reasonable color. And they look at you, at least their head is turned towards you. And they let go of your shirt and kind of with a hand that still has the maul, the hammer drops to the ground and they kind of drag it behind them and they just kind of like walk off. Not like I'm leaving, but like walk off like maybe 20 feet or so just to give some distance. I'll walk back to the rest slowly, calmly. I want to make sure that they know. Now that Brex is done, you kind of 
look around this bloody field and see that there have been some bits and pieces of things that weren't completely obliterated. A couple ciphers and, and bits of Numenera if you'd like to collect anything. You jerk's got any tendril armor? <laughs> um, not quite... <laughs> Not, not quite tendril armor, but there's something called orbit armor. I'll color me intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, now that I'm rested up, Nehemiah will plug his nose and dive in. Because sure. I'm sure the smell has to be Horrendous. something. Oh, yeah. Nehemiah, yeah, you kind of dive in looking for what's around. And at first, you're not quite sure what you find. You find essentially a three, maybe just smaller than a golf ball little balls attached with a piece of like elastic hmm. essentially through them. One has like a push button and you go and you, you push it and it jumps up into the air and all the balls, they separate from each other and start orbiting around you. Hmm. So what this is, is a bit of orbital armor, three synth metal balls that protect you from incoming striking physical damage. Hmm. Go ahead and roll me a D6. Cool. Doop. The artifact Provides armor equal to the level. Neat. It's very cool. You also find four ciphers. Oh my. A light binder, something called a nevermind, something called a revealer dart, and then a small container of spores. Find three different oddities, a self-stick bandage that changes shape, three glowing synth rings that orbit around whatever it is near, and then... Jory, you see Smallrin pull up a small blue crystal that has a tiny flame inside of it that grows bigger when you rub against it. You recognize this. Haydick owned this at one point. Uh, um, could I see that, please? Yes. What is it? I will take it and rub it a bit. And the flame grows as you rub it with the warmth and then dies back down a little bit as you stop. It was Haydick's. How did it get here? I suppose we follow their tracks and see where they came from. Okay. I just keep staring at it. Oban has kind of helped collect things mm -hmm. as well. Rex is still off in the distance. Smallren has very quietly been looking around to see if there are any daggers to add to her collection. Roll me a, a d6. Four. There is one dagger. <laughs> if you had rolled a six, it would have been two. <laughs> if you rolled a one, it would have been zero. I will take that. For those keeping track at home, she now has nine. A respectable number. A respectable number. All right. Any of the ciphers looking interesting to folk? Honestly, I'm very intrigued by these engineered spores. Mm-hmm. I would need to roll for it because it is over my limit, but I think I would be willing to do that. You be careful rolling over. <laughs> Those D100 rolls get real spicy at certain points. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. All right, so do you take the spores then? Yes, please. Okay, go ahead and roll for Cypher Danger. It's going to be a D100 plus 10 for each Cypher. So I rolled 30, so that'll be 40. So with a 40, nothing happens. Okay. Jory, what about you? Are you seeing anything? I'm kind of interested in the Nevermind. I thought you might like that one. <laughs> I will take it. And I am now at my limit, but I'm not past it, so. And I'll snag that revealer dart. Cool. So we have Nehemiah taking the orbital armor with mm -hmm. those balls that, that orbit and the revealer dart, which allows you to basically track a target and mm -hmm. uh, deal damage if they try to remove it. Yep. Smallrun is taking the engineered Luton spores, which 
in this case is a cloudburst of these spores that creates a short-term amnesia effect. And uh, Joy will take the Nevermind, which gives you a day's worth of protection from telepathic or psychic attacks. And for the sake of just having it around, Oban will pick up the light binder. Cool. Which basically hardens any of the light in a certain radius and creates a situation where no one can move because light has hardened around them. Mm -hmm. And unless somebody else is going to claim them, I'm also going to grab the uh, glowing synth rings that orbit around whatever they're placed around. Because that's just the kind of thing that will come in use. Maybe we'll need to make open a god at some point. I was going <laughs> to say you never know. There you go. Um, I'm going to grab that self-stick bandage if no one else has taken it. Yeah, go for Seems it. Seems useful. So are we continuing on to Dynafell then? Don't see any reason to divert. Did you want to try to follow where they were coming from? See? I would. How far are you willing to go off course? <sighs> Not super long. Uh, how, I'm sorry, how, how different of a direction is it? So they were coming essentially from the north. Mm-hmm. And you all are headed kind of southwest. Just a bit, just to see if there's any kind of trail I can pick up. Any any other clues, anything? You're thinking your brother might be somehow tangled up? I don't know. I just know they came from that direction and they had this. Well. Not really many of these around, so it's unlikely to be anybody else's. And if anyone wants to kind of get a little bit more insight to the possibilities of what might have happened, uh, go ahead and roll uh, level five if you have anything about knowledge of these abhumans, even personal experience. I'll do an untrained. Failure with an 11. Yeah, I'll do an untrained just to see what I know. Failed. Oh, Success with go. a 19. There it is. Small, you think about it for a moment. And it might be worth to go back and, and check on the tracks. There's not a 0% chance that you could find something. But you also know that Marger move fast and violently and it's possible that they have traveled all over this area and they might have picked it up from somewhere else if they had an interaction so you could follow these tracks and it might lead you nowhere important it could just be that there was something that happened farther south or farther east or farther west where this pack had gone that's not to say that you shouldn't go up and see what you can find, if anything, but you also know that it's not going to be a guarantee mm. that you'll find anything. I don't think it could hurt to follow the tracks for an hour or two, just on the off chance that we get a better idea of where they actually picked it up. Any more than that, we'll just be chasing ourselves in circles, trying to find tracks that will probably disappear eventually. Marger move fast. But if there's a chance they picked it up nearby, couldn't hurt to check it out. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. You all gather your things and decide to follow the tracks for a little while just to see what you find. Rex joins back up with you, having done their best to kind of wipe themselves off after their smashing spree. Mm -hmm. um, there is definitely still bits of blood here and there and things kind of stuck to them but they they did their their level best to clean up a little bit mm -hmm. you doing all right buddy you kind of just get a slow nod all right and you start to head north following those tracks i'll be looking down uh riding box ladder but i'll be looking down everywhere to just see if there's any you know somebody dropped a pin someplace very very detailed 
observation of the ground as we go. Go ahead and roll perception. Okay. Which I'm very good at. We'll, again, make it a level five again because it's regarding these marker. Okay. Success with a 16. So after a little over an hour, you find what looks to be maybe like the Margar's camp. Like they stopped here for a while. Like, and it's very, it's very messy, very rudimentary. There is actually another Margar body here. They are not above killing their own mm. in a fit of rage or for sport. So you find another Margar body here. Other than that, you don't find anything directly connected with Dremlin or Haydek or anything else familiar. Mm. Well, I think we can safely establish that this is probably not going to go any place. So, sorry. It's all right. It's what we're out here for. This is your trip, right? Like, I, I know I've only just kind of been with you all for like a couple of days here, mm-hmm. but um, I'll help you out with whatever you need. It's it's what your decision is. Um, Jory, <sighs> that's my name. Um, I, I kind of, <laughs> 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 I was centering myself. <laughs> I will blush a bit when he says that and flip the little uh, crystal over in my fingers. I'm going to probably kind of have it in my hands a lot, like a worry stone. You all get back on the road. A little more somber, but still determined to make your way to Dynafell as quickly as you can. The next couple of days are, by comparison, relaxing. Nothing big happens. Uh, As a means of partial distraction for Brex and I, whenever we're stopped, I will try to teach them hand clapping games. Like down by the banks and like Miss Mary (laughs) Mack and stuff. (laughs) Sensational. Try to cheer us both up. They get some of the simple ones. If there's anything more than like four movements in a row, (laughs) it's not sticking. No, no, no. You have to put your, this hand goes this way, but the other one is the opposite direction. And then this one will go up. That one goes down. No. No, wait, 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 wait. No, you got it backwards. You know, that works. We can work with that. Okay. <laughs> They're a very patient learner, but not a very good learner. <laughs> this is some precision work. I'm still very proud. <laughs> Anything specific that anyone wants to do or take care of or consider while on the road here? Do some good old-fashioned recovery rolls just while we're going. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. If anyone wants to make uh, yes. recovery rolls here. Absolutely. In fact, at this point, I'll just say that you're all at full because it'll be a couple days worth of... Cool. Woohoo! I haven't been at full in a very long time. <laughs> so we'll say it's it's been like... So that fight happened at the beginning of like the third day of your journey. We'll say like three more days have passed mm-hmm. pretty uneventfully. Okay. Cool. Ah, feels good. It feels good to be at full. Feels good to be at full. As we're going, Smallrin is keeping an eye out around us for poisonous and medicinal plants and herbs, but also keeping an eye out for the signs that anyone else has been foraging these things after Mm. what we saw last time when we figured out there's someone after us. You haven't seen any signs as you're moving forward. Do you backtrack at all to see if there's anything behind you? I think in the mornings, after we, when we're getting ready to break camp, Smallrin will backtrack a little bit using her stealth and occasionally her invisibility. Yeah, go ahead and roll me perception. Mm-hmm. Level four. Success with a 15. You don't find any other, like, vegetation that has been stripped or any foraging signs, but you do find a 
normally most people probably wouldn't be able to see this and it's actually hidden very very well it's, it's your ogrim orb that really focuses in on some slightly disturbed earth that's a little bit farther off quite a bit farther off the path actually and looking at it and kind of digging into uh, this this small area easily a good like eight inches down into the ground there is a cache of spent which suggests potentially a right. Mm-hmm. Or a delve. Or a delve. I would take the stuff if it were me, but there's nothing left. <laughs> it's also fair. <laughs> and Smallrin does share this with the, the group at large, very quietly, depending, not sure how close anyone is to us. Mm-hmm. Right, anyone else doing anything as we go? Any- I think Nehemiah is very kind of goal-oriented at this point. In the evenings, Nehemiah, you notice that Oban kind of goes off by himself, not like far away, but like, you know, Mm -hmm. 15 or so feet from camp and usually like finds a rock or a tree stump or or something to sit on and kind of just like stares out at the horizon for a while and seems to be talking to himself. Mm -hmm. Just kind of does that every evening. I think probably second or third time I would actually go and join him. You're all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. Why? I just... Going over here, seems like you're talking to yourself. Just want to check in, make sure you're doing all right, man. Yeah, no, um, thank you. No, it's, uh, it's this. And he holds up a long rod, maybe a foot long. Sure. About an inch in diameter with little, like, crystal nodules mm-hmm. on it. This records about uh, 15 minutes worth of words, mm. mental images, whatever else. Oh, um, wow. There was a long time where I wasn't really sure if I would make it through day to day. Yeah. You know, and being put in dangerous situations, sometimes against my will or just in a situation where I don't know if people would turn on me at any given moment. So mm. I've kind of just made it my my daily habit to uh, kind of record uh, a little bit about who I am and what happened to me that day. And granted, it kind of records over itself eventually, but like if someone were to find my body, they would at least know how I died. Wow. And what the situation was and where I stood as a person. That's real neat. I mean, I was working for some some people, you know, mm-hmm. some not so similar-minded people, and uh, I'd like my story to be told, even if it's short. Yeah. Fair enough. You doing all right, man? I mean, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but you kind of dropped everything to come on out here with us, and don't get me wrong, unendingly grateful, but... Like, you did that at the drop of a hat. I wanted to get out. Fair enough. I think you know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I do. And I know the bomb it creates when you do. So. Mm. Yeah. Was not sad to put uh, the campfire games behind us there. Yeah. You got out okay, though, didn't you? I mean, I it never really, like, there's always a connection there, but like. Kind of. By the time I got back home, I didn't have a home to go back to. And it was, it was recent enough that I don't know. Gotcha. He uh, likes to operate in ambiguity when he knows it'll bother folk, and he would have known it would have bothered me. Yeah. So. Yeah. I haven't seen family or anybody in, well, a couple years now. You still looking for anyone, or do you think they're... Not anymore. I was looking, and Nehemiah looks over his shoulder. I found this crew. Found family? Got eyes on them, at least. Usually. <laughs> Watch out for Small Wrench. She's sneaky. I've noticed that. Mm-hmm. 
Nehemiah you know, immediately <laughs> just like just looks over his shoulder. Yeah, no, just 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 does a, just a casual <laughs> kind of like turn around. Can I ask that you roll a perception check? <laughs> yes, but I'm not going to be happy about it. <laughs> oh, good. Good, Why? good. There we go. Okay. Did not want to switch. And this is the, this is, what, what, what difficulty? Um, that's an excellent question. Zan, what, what kind of difficulty? You're specialized in stealthy stuff, right? I'm, and you're invisible and... Yeah, I'm, I'm specialized in espionage. I'm not currently invisible, but I am trying not to be seen. I, I, basically what I'm imagining happens is she was literally about to pop up and then Nehemiah looked like turned and so she has very very gently but very quickly ducked behind a bush <laughs> amazing i'm gonna say that's a level five which is listed as challenging even trained people often fail okay failure with an 11. <laughs> so you look over your shoulder and you do not see smaller ducking back behind no. the bush having almost been spotted just out of curiosity did open see her <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> if we're going by strict rules here, yes. Oh, good. <sighs> um, and does that like side eye thing, but then kind of just nods and doesn't say anything about it. Just like, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you for a while, at least. I have stuff I'd like to do eventually, but um, oh. this is a, uh, you know, I've, I've been contracted <laughs> in heavy quotations, contracted uh -huh. uh, for, for so long. I'm. Not quite sure what my goals would be. I spent a lot of thought on get out. How, do, how are you going to escape? How what get, look for the best opportunity? And not a lot of thought of what to do after that. Sure. So this is fine for right now. Fair enough. We're in it for the haul, long or short. Yeah, we should probably get back to the camp by about that time. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll let you finish up. <laughs> Thanks. And as you get up, Oban kind of like turns the rod over in his hands, um, and then kind of like tugs at his ear mm -hmm. a little bit as you walk away. Sure. I will, um, aside from playing hand games, uh, I will make sure in the quieter times to check on Brex, but I won't ask anything. I'll just kind of sit nearby, maybe talk about some mundane things, you know, just as a, I don't know, just as a closeness thing. It's not really a distraction. I suppose I just want them to know that somebody is there while they're, they're feeling whatever it is that they might still be feeling without interrogating them about. You pick up that Brex is definitely not in that same state anymore, is not like going to like just immediately at the drop of a hat flip to the other side yeah. at this point, mm -hmm. but is definitely kind of a little more, like the colors of their visor are more muted. Mm -hmm. They're not as vibrant. They're pulling into themselves a little bit. I'll ask for help on other things. You, you know, just anything to kind of mm -hmm. focus. I'm asking for help with little tasks or just kind of like being around with, you know, whatever might be happening. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it seems that they appreciate your presence, even if they can't say so. Mm -hmm. uh, so around like the seventh or eighth day, by thoughts of where things are on the map and landmarks that you might be getting pretty close, as you're uh, walking along the road, though, uh, on your need, who would be out in front? Probably Nehemiah. Nehemiah, as you are walking along, I'm going to have a GM intrusion mm. here. As your need is walking and steps into quicksand. Oh. Uh -oh. Would you like to spend to not have that happen? 
Or would you like to let it happen? I'll spend to not have that happen. Okay, okay. <laughs> the Indian is about to take that step in, into the quicksand, like has like one foot just on the edge of this like, mm -hmm. this edge and you like pull back in the reins, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And kind of like Who guide them. Could have been messy. What is it? What happened? Sorry. Oh, quicksand, watch out, watch out. Yeah, Oban's still, I assume, riding with Nehemiah mm -hmm. unless someone else has asked uh, him to join them. <laughs> Too shy. Did you say quicksand? Yeah. I'll ride up and kind of look along as well. How wide does it stretch? Can you can you tell the edge of it? It's hard to see. I think Nehemiah would take his sword spear and just kind of like start stabbing at the ground just to like suss out a path forward. It's it's a small enough area that like if you had kept going, it probably would have gotten all of you in that. But it is not so wide that you can't go around it easily and without much to do. So yeah, you can go around it, no problem. Wait, wait, wait. I have to do something. I will jump off. Um, does anybody have a stick? Anybody? You can find a stick. I'll find a stick. I'm, I'm going to... <laughs> I was going to say, you have a staff. I'm unclear. <laughs> well, I'm not... I'm, I don't want to leave it. Um, I think... <laughs> uh, I will try to at least put some sticks or a stick next to the edge of where it is so that somebody else doesn't necessarily fall into it. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Woohoo. I do that. <laughs> Jory, as you're doing that, you kind of like stick the ground and you notice um, some tracks in the area that are not like your typical human tracks or like beasts of burden or anything like that. They're kind of like almost a like raptor bird like or a bird? dinosaur. Oh, a, a, a velociraptor. <laughs> yeah. How big? Yeah, that kind of raptor. How big are the um, tracks like? Chicken raptor? <laughs> like, 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 like. Two hands. Okay. Not massive, but like definitely a, a sizable creature. Hi, hey, look at this. Does anybody recognize the prince? If anyone wants to, you can roll a level four. I would love to do that. Success with a 16. Fail with a five. Smallrin, these are mud honk prints. <gasps> mud honks. Mud honks. I knew there was something about this that sounded familiar. <laughs> Yay. <Yeah. laughs> And that's when we formed a quicksand hockey team uh, and called ourselves the Mighty Mudhonks. <laughs> that's my plan. Yeah, there you go. Actually, I didn't even think about it before how close it is to mud hens. Oh, yeah. Being from uh, being in the Toledo area, mm -hmm. mud hens. Absolutely. What a name. <laughs> So with a strange patch of quicksand in the middle of your path now, blocked and avoided, you need to figure out if you're going to do anything about these mud honk tracks or continue on towards your goal of Dynafell. Um, you've already had a lot of distractions and things taking up a lot of your time thus far. Is one more thing worth it on your very intense journey? We. Thank you so much for listening to episode 113 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter slash X and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On our website, you'll find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd like to thank Kasia, Katie, and Keith for their support. If you want to help us out in other ways, Take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. 
We always love gaining a few new listeners, and if it's your word of mouth that helps with that, we really appreciate it. You can also find our hosts on Twitter slash X, myself at Covered in Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. We are taking a look at shifting our social media to other platforms or in the way that we post and interact on the various ones we have now, but we're still figuring that out. So bear with us. I know we've been a little quiet for a while, but truly, thank you again for listening. And I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.